Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Yeah. The charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh-oh. Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Marie, this is my Christmas. This is my Christmas. I am so excited. It is. It is officially. It's. It's. That's. It's God's everything that you want. Oh my God! I'm so happy. I'm so excited. This for real is my Christmas. I cannot wait to just sit and watch <laughs> basketball for like twelve straight hours. It is the most magical time of year for it me. It is the best time of year. It's the best. A huge college basketball geek. I yeah. can't. I can't. St- I'm just. I'm out of my. I, I, I gotta go. I go. <laughs> He's gone. We've lost him. And by the way, this is an all new episode of For the Love of Sport. All right, welcome everyone. And as mentioned, it is March freaking madness, baby. Mm-hmm. So if you do not have at least one TV going, hopefully it's muted so you get. To fully listen to us, but hopefully you yep. have at least one team going. I hope <laughs> your team made it to the, the the dance, the amazingness that is March Madness. I'm sorry. I'm I'm just so I'm so jazzed. It, I I think I think uh, I never really realized how much I never recovered from it not being around <laughs> in 2020. 2020, you just kind of yeah, erase kinda, that. that erase it didn't that memory, like, quite happen. No idea but, what happened. Uh, Everyone was on vacation. I don't know. <laughs> Everyone was out for lunch. <laughs> Do you have any tradition around March Madness? Yeah. Since I was a little kid, I always had at least one bracket where the Wisconsin Badgers won naturally. Of course. Because why wouldn't you have one that just makes no sense, but it's your emotional bracket <laughs> that you just put whatever team you that's really smart. care about yeah. going yeah, forward. Yeah. And that's usually yeah, that's- hopefully the one that doesn't have anything on the line. Other than that, uh, not really, but I know I know I have a friend who he always takes both days off and they have seven TVs and they just like sit. I know you do that, right? right. Don't you? Yeah. I go to uh, a local establishment called Buffalo Wild Wings with my uh, mm, my dad and yeah, with my mom and dad and they lock down a booth. Uh, and if I'm lucky enough, my brother will also uh, show up and we just sit, eat wings, watch basketball. The ent- And we locked down a booth for the entire like time. Like, we're there <laughs> what time do they show morning. up at? Like 8 a.m.? Uh, Are we talking here? Oh, we show- oh like, they show up at 10 a.m. Like a little brunch? Right, right at open. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> True. Wings for brunch, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? I yep. love it. Fun. That's a good tradition. It's- it is super fun. And yeah, I do this. I do something similar where actually I'll, I'll fill out the bracket based on emotion, the bracket based on logical common sense, the bracket that is based on mathematical odds. So I'll take each team. I go, this is how hard I go. I'll take yeah. each team 
And then if they have a 75% chance to win and 25% chance to win for the other team, I will do like a, ma- a random mathematical generator. And if it's within one to 75, then the, the favorite wins. If this it is, is absurd. 75 and above, I'll give it to the underdog. <laughs> and I'll do that for the entire like bracket. This is absurd. And then this is absurd I behavior. And <laughs> I do another one, fourth one. That is crazy town. That is just bananas everywhere. Like 16s beating ones. And it's just, it makes no sense. But that's the magic of March Madness. That's the magic. That that can happen. The odds of you getting a perfect bracket are zero. Astronomical. It's unbelievable, actually, that number. Hang on. Just for for the people out there. Because we can cut around this stuff with me. Yeah. And dear listener, if you haven't filled out a bracket, let us encourage you. This is probably going to be too late. It's already happening. We'll keep you up to date on how, how things are going, the misery. I would say I remember, I don't know when this was. I think it was when I was still in college, maybe. Uh, North Carolina was playing Villanova in the final, and I had a uh, significant amount of, uh, I think it was actually a work bracket, and I had, a, I had some money on it, wow. and it was when Villanova won on that last second three-pointer. I, I quite literally oh it was... cried, and yeah. you don't want to do a real dagger on all this? Me, what? <laughs> at the, this was my first show out of college at the time, you know, just trying to make ends meet, went in a bracket, I think it was like $500 I would have won, significant chunk of cash for a 22-year-old, oh. you know what I mean? And you know who won? Our CFO. Oh, Our gosh. old, this man does not need, <laughs> like, a drop in the bucket, and here I am. I guess I won't eat dinner tonight. <laughs> kidding. Always ate dinner. Food's a priority. Oh, my gosh. We'll probably cut that. Anyways, what's the what is the stat for us? Yes. The odds of you picking a perfect bracket is one in nine quadrillion two hundred and twenty-three trillion three hundred and seventy-two billion thirty-six million eight hundred fifty-four thousand seven hundred seventy-five eight hundred and eight. But that for some reason, odds. we keep trying. People still do it every keep time. Trying. It's the beauty of the human spirit. <laughs> Intrepid. I don't oh, think we can waste any boy. more time here because we have a guest who knows a thing or two about basketball, especially now that we need to bring on, uh, as well as maybe another sport. A few too. other what sports, maybe one or two other sports. Yeah, I think I think we should bring him on. He's a legend. He is a yeah. true legend, and I think his next generation are already becoming legends right. uh, in their respective. Well on their way. Uh, without further ado, Mr. Chad Greenway. All right, folks, hold on tight. We've got quite the introduction today. Chad Greenway, quite simply, can do it all. Growing up in Mount Vernon, South Dakota, Chad was an extremely decorated and versatile athlete. He lettered in basketball, baseball, track and field, but his talents shone the brightest in football, where he was named Gatorade Football Player of the Year as a senior in 2001, where he played quarterback, free safety, returned punts and kickoffs, and helped lead his prep team to two consecutive titles. From there, he went to the University of Iowa, where he led a stellar collegiate career, ultimately leading him to be a first-round draft pick for the Minnesota Vikings, where he played his entire illustrious career for 11 years. I know I'm biased. I'm a Vikings fan. Throw that in the comments. I don't care. It's fine. Fast forward today, Chad Greenway is a girl dad times four. He's a president of Wise Other Girls Basketball Association, coached to numerous different sports teams his daughters participate in. He's part of the ownership group for Grey Duck, runs numerous charities with his wife, and as of recently, since he obviously didn't have enough going on, jumped on board to help launch a new high school sports app. In his very spare free time, you can find him enjoying time with his family and friends, enjoying a nice Minnesota Lake Day, or cheering on one of our many great sports teams here in the Twin Cities. With all that said, welcome to the For the Love of Sport podcast, Chad Greenway. 
Thank you. Wow, that was uh, that was quite the introduction. I, it's, it's embarrassing <laughs> to say the least, but uh, no, it's uh, I appreciate that. To start things out, what was your U sport experience like? It's so different than it is now. I mean, honestly, I played one year of AU basketball, but growing up, I mean, I started basketball in fifth grade. Uh, we had youth this through our school, so you, know, you practice after school. You have play maybe six, eight, ten games at all, maybe one tournament. Ba- I played baseball in the summer. Football, I started playing in seventh grade. We had tackle football in seventh grade. So that's when I started playing. Otherwise, recess ball. No youth football at all uh, in our community. And I ran track uh, starting in fifth grade. So um, track is a big part of our family's life. Probably the biggest sport we were required to do in our house growing up was track. And it's the same in our house here. So um, it's just one of those sports that just really teach you a lot about yourself, how to push yourself. I wasn't a wrestler. So um, I thought it was a great example of, of kind of having an individual sport. Even if you're within a relay, your individual segment. And it was just one sport to the next. I mean, if you this take a take a year out of that, take a, my sophomore year of high school, it was it was a start football season, and you started in August, and you had your training camp, and you went through your eight game regular season, made the playoffs my sophomore year, but got beat out um, midway through there, and immediately started going to open gyms for basketball, and you have like a two or three week window, and then you start practicing hoops, and then boom, right into hoop season, and. Hoops is probably the one sport I played year round in, in some sense, like practicing. I didn't, I didn't play club, but practicing in the driveway, had to grab a driveway, had to get the big rocks out of there. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we had the, we're on, on a big, grew up on a big farm. So we had the, the yard light that kind of gave us some light at night. So I'd be out there just endlessly, endless hours. I really wanted to be a basketball player. And then you go through basketball season, my sophomore year, we had a, we had a good basketball season. Didn't end up making the state tournament, but literally with snow on the ground, you start track practice like as soon as basketballs are like the monday after the state tournament um, so we had maybe a week and a half two weeks off after we got beat out of districts and uh right into track season and i was a hurdler and a triple jumper and a long jumper and a, just loved oh, track and um when that was over school was over and i played baseball in the summer so we played teener legion baseball in the summer we didn't have a school team it was just affiliated through the the community teener legion uh, and then we have an amateur team as well uh, in our small town but you know, town of 400 people. I graduated 26 kids in my class. Oh, wow. Um, it was just Americana. I mean, everybody supports the high school teams. The youth games are not overwhelmingly good, but also not nobody's crazy. And we just <laughs> developed as we developed on our own. And a true athlete, I, I'd say, you know, I, I showed a lot of promise in all the sports, but um, I never closed the gap of my potential in any of the four sports because I never did them all the time. You know, mm-hmm. I was never right. always lifting weights for football and never always playing basketball or whatever it was. And I did play one year of AU basketball, my last going into my senior year, which was a blast. Got a chance to finally get on, a, on an airplane, traveled to a <laughs> tournaments, um, had a lot of success, had a lot of good division two opportunities for basketball. And then my senior year of football, uh, Iowa made me an offer for football, a full ride. And that's what I accepted. And, um, and when I went to Iowa, that gap that was still open, you know, there's a lot of these four and five star recruits that had played one sport or maybe played one sport and sure. did one other thing for fun. I just had such a gap to improve over everybody else because I had done so much and never really spent a lot of time on one thing. So I thought that was really kind of a, an advantage for me. Yeah, that's that's actually, I feel like <laughs> kind of how my experience was. I played a bunch of sports in a smaller town, never really had either like coaches who were like my soccer mm-hmm. coach he had no idea what was going on. You just kind of grow at your own rate and you're just kind of naturally talented. And then when you get to an environment where you can really grow, you're like in the next year, you like oh. double your skill and your talent. Yeah. You're just, holy cow. Like yeah. so this could have been how it was the whole time, but then you're not, oh, maybe it wasn't, maybe I would have gotten, you know, sick of it or, or whatever the yeah. case may be. 
There's yeah, something I'm to that. A big advocate for uh, like our high school football coach was also our track coach. So yep. Yeah. He had the, the saying, no track, no back. Like, you're not going to run track. You're not going to play running back for me. You're not going to play quarterback for me. Like, yeah. there's this idea in our community that was, it's all hands on deck because you had to mm-hmm. play all sports. So you could feel yeah. a team in a lot of cases. Sure. And it was fun. You know, I wasn't the best baseball player, but I had a lot of fun doing it. Travel around the summer with my buddies. Like, I got out of work on the farm, which is my only saving <laughs> grace in the summer because farm kids hate summer because you sure. can't hide from your dad at school. You have to work all the time. <laughs> yeah. I and mean, that was true. I mean, that was my one outlet in this in the summer was that. And like the other three sports, I kind of I did really well at. So it's always fun to do those things you're you're good at and, and have success with your buddies. And but yeah, it's so true. Multi-sports. So even my kids now, my oldest two or three already are doing multiple things and they'll be required, even if they're not good at them. I don't care about that. I care about just being involved and branching out socially, branching out, you know, yeah. with yeah. what you can do. And you, you have no idea what you're gonna be good at, what the strength is until you try it. Mm. True. And there's countless case studies too, of like multi-sport athletes that, you know, eventually go into a, a single sport later, you know, in life, not early, not designated their time early for it. But for you, would you say maybe that advantage of being on that sort of strict schedule and that regimen of I've got, you know, I have this in the fall, I have this in the winter, I have this in the spring and all that sort of repeated to then get to the college. Do you think you have the advantage of, I have all of this muscle memory and skill set and training and all these other sports that move my body in different ways. Now I can focus all my attention towards football. Was your ramp up time, do you think, less than someone else? I mean, I think just, you know, again, there's a genetic piece of this too, right? Where I, my right. body was coded with a nervous system that was able to adapt in that way too. So when I started yeah. lifting heavier weights and I started having to try to put weight on, like my body just, it fit that mode. And I was lucky. That's luck. That's not skill. That's just <laughs> born. Thanks mom and dad. Uh, but <laughs> Shout I, out. I think that my ability to adapt as an athlete 1000% was improved because of all the things that I did. I had year round activity. So like there's never downtime. There's never an off season. It was just fun. Boom, boom, boom. And what it was is it, it curbed all the burnout. Like I can remember after my senior year of high school football, we had won the state championship and it was just a blast, right? I felt like a, I felt a lot of pressure, but it was like that big relief. And I kind of had like a, maybe like a two or three week kind of slow, mentally slow start to my senior year probably a little bit of senioritis of just kind of having a little bit of burnout from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. But then when I had a chance to take a couple of weeks and not be crazy basketball, I kind of eased into it. And then once the game started, of course I was ready to rock, but it was like one of those things where I kind of needed just a little bit of a mental break. And, you know, youth sports have just been absolutely um, just taken, you know, taken to the deep water and just changed so much. And I think it's the advent of a lot of folks moving out of small towns and communities, but even those kids, in those small towns are getting pulled in those directions now yeah. where they were yeah. years ago when I was coming out, you know, it was, it was, uh, didn't have the option to play year round basketball. I mean, you really didn't have it now, you know, all these companies have been created in AU teams and programs and now football even has it. And mm-hmm. um, there's AU track. You can do that. There's a way <laughs> for you to get pulled down that rabbit hole. And I also think certain sports are worse than others. And yeah. you know, I, I have soccer players. Soccer is one of those sports mm-hmm. where the club team demands your time year round. And if you're yeah. going to miss something for soccer, like you're going to be held accountable. I think it's such a poor approach. I mean, I'll say like we work with our kids. We have kids at Minnesota Thunder Academy. We have kids at Fusion and both of those programs have done a really nice job of working with us and scheduling. So as much as that's out there in the world, like me individually, there's some pressure about it. But if you explain to the coaches, hey, they're not sitting on their butt or they're not taking a vacation. We're going to a basketball tournament or we're going to practice and we're being athletes uh, somewhere else. It may (laughs) just not be here. Like we can't prioritize that right now. The other yeah. way I've noticed just in the world is uh, volleyball. 
I feel like volleyball is one of those oh, sure. that, and again, I don't have a volleyball player, so I'm speaking out of turn here, but just the things I hear and see is I see a lot of kids, especially in the girls' side. I don't know the boys' side as well. When the girls' side, you see a girl who's 5'11", 8th grader, 6-foot freshman, 6'1", <laughs> and all of a sudden you can see that at the club team saying, we're going to take her. Yeah. We're not going to play basketball. We have tournaments. We have club tournaments in Vegas yeah. and Orlando and here and here. You can't play basketball. It's like, well, you have no idea what that kid is going to be. Mm-hmm. You have no idea if that kid wants to play volleyball year round. You're pressuring her at, at 14, 15, and you're saying, mom and dad, hey, your daughter, she's a division one volleyball player. You got to bring her in full time. And as yeah. a parent, you feel that pressure to say, he's done it. I mean, he's ran this program or she's ran this program. And and there, there are situations where the best opportunity for that girl may not to play one sport. It may yeah, be to okay. play multiple things and be diversified and see what other options are out there. But it's just, it's one of the things I've just noticed from afar. Yeah. I think it's such good advice for parents who... Mm-hmm you know, it's okay to go to your coach or go to the program and kind of ask. And to your point, it's not like you're pulling them out to just, you know, sit on their butt or like play video games or whatever. Like there's a time and place for all of that as well. But mm-hmm. if they're getting involved in other things, I think that's a valid thing. Yeah. We're, we're, you know, we're the, you have to keep in perspective as a parent is we're the paying customer that has the talent. Yeah. Like your kid made that team because they were good enough to make that team, whether it's the top team, second team, whatever it is, your kid's good enough. So they, they noticed that at the tryout, at whatever they saw. And the reality is, is if they really, if you really say you're about the kid and you're putting mm-hmm. the kid first, which is what you've told me when I signed up for this and I wrote the check mm-hmm. as a paying customer, like the best thing for that kid, which is what I'm saying, because I'm the parent, mm-hmm. is for her to do this and this. If you really, if you mean what you say and say what you mean, then you're going to hear me yeah. out. Now, yeah. if I'm taking advantage of it as a parent and say, they're a pushover, I can go do this and do that and I'll still be a player all the place. Then the club's got to hold that person accountable. But in this yeah. case, like if you know that kid is committed, they're at practice working hard, they're, when, they're, when they can, they're showing up, they're dropping one basketball bag and throwing on their soccer cleats. Like, yeah. That is commitment. Mm-hmm. Commitment's not making every minute of every practice. Commitment right. is, mm-hmm. is getting there and being present and wanting the parent, wanting them to do this thing. But if you're about kids, and you're an adult male or female that's saying these things and pressuring parents, like you're the problem. Like you have to work out <laughs> yeah. the kid and make it about the kid and not yourself. Cause yeah. that's how, by the way, that's how you're getting paid from yeah. those parents. Yeah. That's why the club exists. For sure. And you can tell as a coach or, you know, I, you know, I've been a coach who have had kids who are clearly, you can tell the ones that are committed that are there and they're playing a lot of sports and they're, you, you can just tell, you know, the kids that are there and they're going to give it your all, their all and all that good stuff. So the other thing I wanted to pull on, and you mentioned it kind of at the beginning, you said when you were growing up, you did track and field and you think that's important from, we've talked to a few people about this. I think like multi-sport is important, but what does that mean? I was only in team sports. I never really participated in individual right. sport. And I think that would have been super valuable. So how do what do you find that the value of that past just, you know, kind of being on your own, needing to navigate things on your own? And how can that kind of help if they end up wanting to be a team sport or focus on more team sports? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think I think wrestling is the ultimate sport that just undresses self-consciousness and addresses all these things like you're walking on a mat one V one. And now it's great because girls wrestling is taking such a, a step forward, which is awesome mm-hmm. to create that opportunity in that way. Um, but just thinking back to my childhood is watching my friends step on that mat and just laid on the line in one of the hardest sports to go mano a mano with another human and lean on each other for that long and work through conditioning and work through problems and have to decide, are, am I going to quit because I'm tired or am I going to continue to push forward? Like this mm-hmm. idea that, I'm, that an individual sport, like look at track, 
I'm going to run one time around this track. It's going to be a quarter mile and it is, I'm going to pour my guts out on this thing and I may lose. <laughs> I may get last. Mm-hmm. I may win. I'm going to pour it all out. Yeah. And um, when you do that, when you put yourself in that situation, you can't, it's the finger point generation of this, you know, you know it's self-awareness. It is, it is um, being able to look at the finger back and you say, did I pour, did I empty the glass? Did I empty everything in my tank that I have? If you say yes, then what more as a parent, as a coach, can I ask for? I can't. If you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, God, I had a little more in me. That's where you, that's where the rubber meets the road and said, I got I got to go that little bit further to empty the tank. That's what true putting everything out there means. And so just speaking on my own behalf is my, for me, track was awesome. It was social. It was fun. It was outdoors. You know, it, it was competitive. It was, it was a great environment. So for our children now, Madden is, is a freshman. We're trying to make and navigate this schedule, right? She has, as an eighth grader last year, she was coming out of basketball season. She was going into AU club season. She was playing club soccer. And we just put her foot down and be like, you're running track. She said, well, I don't want to. I don't think you heard us. Like, it's not an option. <laughs> like, this isn't a well, when you're 18 or if you start paying all your bills, you can say whatever you want. But the reality is this, yeah. you're going to go turn yourself inside out and you're going to run quarters and 800s yeah. and 300 meter hurdles. And you're going to decide who you want to be because mm-hmm. it's great. You're a good basketball player, or soccer player. Those are team sports. You can lean on each other and lean on other people. And those are great lessons to learn. I'm not taking anything away from them, but you need this part too. And um, from start to finish from that track season, I've never seen her mentality or body change as much as it did in that three month mm-hmm. season. It was incredible. Her core was so strong. Her mentally, she was so strong. She ended up being a state champion, the four by four. Um, wow. set two different st- uh, school records. <laughs> she got third as an individual athlete in 300 meter hurdles. She had never hurdled in her life two months before <laughs> then, but she was scared to death to do those things. She never come out of the blocks before she mm-hmm. never start. I mean, all those who knew knew, and she just found a way to navigate that and credit to her coach for working around her AU schedule, yeah. for having a little bit of give and take, and even having it being a high school sport, like a little bit of give and take where we have to do this in the club side. We, we have to, we have, it's a tournament in Virginia. We have to make that. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal for recruitment. It's a big deal for the, the club. How do we navigate that? If there's a practice she's going to miss. I'll find a track in Virginia and we'll run that practice. We'll do mm-hmm. that workout. So you know that she's committed. I videoed her doing the workout. Like mm-hmm. here, she did it. Like we want you to know that she's committed to this. It's not, not there because we don't care. I think that means a lot to the high school coach who's giving everything and getting paid peanuts to know that kid is, is not taking advantage of, of her ease of schedule. But putting yourself out there at an individual level, and it could be anything, yeah. it could be crap shooting, it could be any sport where it's on you, I think means a ton to kids and their growth. A hundred percent. And shout out to Madden, first of all, that's awesome. Like, let's give <laughs> yeah. a big round yeah, of applause for that I mean, sound was, effect we, in there. We couldn't have been more proud of her. I mean, of all the accomplishments she's had to this point, like it was, uh, it was just, it was it, our most proud moment because she really mm-hmm. had to dig in and find herself. And and I think that's when you see her growing as a person. I mean, heck with the athlete part, but just really yeah. having to find another level to the depth of her character. And to that point, like you learned so you, 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 it can't be emphasized enough. You learn so much when you put yourself into invi- individual sports, like whatever it is, it can be track, it can be cross country, it can be jujitsu. It can be tennis, it can be whatever, as long as it's, and when, and when you year, fail, right. And when you fail, when you put yourself and, out to say, Hey, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to fail a successful athlete who's part of a team and has a successful team. That's great. But now when you fit, fail individually, like that is different. And that really allows you to take a step forward. Your growth expands quite a bit. A lot of, I don't think a lot of people really understand what goes into kind of like running a youth organization and being kind of at the helm of it. Um, Yeah, it's, 
Yeah. I mean, it, you know, off season <laughs> training, we added implement, yeah. implement that, you know, in season, you have tryouts, you evaluations, you have to put teams together. You have all the, you know, we, we're working with, um, sport engine and to put together our, our website yeah. to make sure we're getting the communication passed back and forth. And we're using the sport engine app to get teams and link up coaches and parents to that app, to the team. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, it's so much behind the scenes work and yeah. our board just works tirelessly to make it. And of course, all unpaid volunteer time. It's nuts how much, how many hours I've given to this thing, but it's, it's a blessing. <laughs> what would you say, you know, obviously there's a lot of, of good that comes from it. And there's probably a lot of things you learn every day about youth sports, about, yeah. you know, handling parents, about working with referees and coaches and volunteers. What would you say has been the most challenging thing over the past couple, maybe couple years? Probably getting parents, the biggest issue is getting parents to understand the level of which their kid is at. Mm. And, and that's yeah. not to be good or bad. It's simply, you know, every, for the most part, most parents think their kids in a certain light when it comes to their ability. Yeah. And if they don't hit that, what they think that level within a team or within whatever that is within that individual team or with whatever team they made, it's not being negative, but you have to be honest with them. It's like, this is yeah. where she, this is where she finished last year on her team. This is where she tried out. And we have no ill will against Susie. We, we this is where she's at, and yeah. I, and I and um, we're trying to put her in the best situation so she can have a great year, so she can improve, and so she can have fun. This actually has nothing to do with you as a parent and what you think and feel. It has to do with how do we put her in the best situation to make her yeah. better, and make our organization better, make the team better. And for the most part, honestly, six years in is I. I've, we don't have very many issues at all. We have very good parents. You have a couple of things pop up here or there because it's community. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. there's going to be disagreements. There's going to be different opinions. That is just our, us as, as humans having that and going through that and navigating it. To me, I always look at it as like, I need to be that mediator to step yeah. in and say, okay, there's a disagreement here. We don't need to lose our minds and lose our heads. Let's communicate. And, you know, I just had a, a situation last week where I had, you know, a couple of different parents on the phone doing a three-way phone call just to get everybody on the same page. And, you know, we're moving forward in a great way and everybody has community has communicated their, their sentiments and what's going on, maybe their concerns. And we've moved forward together and that's community. That's basketball in you know, a basketball community to me and doing it, trying to do it the right way. You're, you're always going to be imperfect, but you know, and then the, the, the conversation is, is great one is with the referees and how parents are handled in games. And I think I said this to you when we spoke last week is I feel like there's some improvement there. I really do. I feel like I'm looking just inwardly at our community and how we handle it is, is we hold parents accountable. If we see or hear somebody going nuts at a game or being derogatory or talking down or just being nuts is I'm going to call that parent to the carpet and say, what is going on? Cause you're representing our community. You're representing our, our town or our association. You're representing me, us, everybody. And um, where's the issue here? Yes. They may have missed this. Yes. They may have done that. But reality is, they're also human. They're out here. They're helping us. They're the only way we can have these basketball games or these events by having those guys do it. And, you know, I ran events, I ran, I ran events every year and we feel like we've found a pretty good path to navigate that situation in our events. And it's been fun to kind of find some solutions there. It's, it's such an important call out to, to remember that refs don't just, you know, want to spend their, their nights <laughs> jumping off the couch. Like, you know what I want to do today? I want to be screamed at by a lot of parents uh, for just being a human. <laughs> Maybe missing yeah, a call I mean, or something. That seems fun. The biggest, <laughs> the biggest thing I have is just, if you're going to be there and you're going to get paid to be there by an association of volunteers, right. just be present. That's really it. I mean, I yeah. don't, I'm not going to argue. I'm going to, I'm going to focus as a coach. I'm going to focus on coaching my kids because that's what yeah. I'm supposed to be. So if you always just keep the main thing, the main thing, right? 
uh, as a parent, like be there to cheer for your kid and encourage. Yeah. Right. If you start to tear down other people or start to do something different than that, like you're probably getting out of your lane. You're not keeping the main thing, the main thing. And I think that's this the focus of everybody. And there's been times when I've looked in the mirror, but this is not about you. This is about these kids, coach them yeah. up. That's it. And I think it's good for you to kind of do a self-check if you're in the sports world and say, what are you really there for? Mm. Are you there to uplift your own kid above others? Are you there to uplift, to tear down others and referees or coaches because you think you have the answers? You know, and there are situations where that's called on. I mean, let's be honest. There are situations yeah. where coaches are being crazy and there's things going on and a parent needs to speak up and certainly do it in that regard, but do it in a way that's professional and go through the right channels to get it done. And, and you'll be listened to a lot better. And like you mentioned too, it's the example that you set, not only for your community, your team, but it's also the example you set for your kid. Like if you're going to be that person in the stands, then you're not really setting the best example for a kid to emulate. And then on, t- on top of that too, I think it's a testament to what you said earlier. Like you want to jump into the community and be part of the community, not, you know, hide behind desks or hide behind like just the stands and kind of keep to yourself. It's the work of cultivating the relationships over years where you can have these conversations with parents and it has a lot more weight to it. You know, yeah, you it takes weight because you put the effort in. Yeah. And I can't, you know, I can't just say, well, I played the NFL, so I know what's going on. Like, I don't know anything about youth basketball. <laughs> I, I, you know, I had to learn it and go through yeah. it. Now I have, I have yeah. ex- real life experience, six years of it, where I've coached a team every year. I've coached youth soccer, but in the basketball world, I don't know everything, but I do have a, a lot of life experience now, six years of it, of running an association, coaching teams, dealing with issues, dealing with parents, dealing with coaches, dealing with refs, say, Hey, I, I can handle this. I can answer your questions and help and find the right solution. And, it may not be the answer they want to hear, but it's the right answer. It's going to help them move forward sometimes, which I think is important. So, yeah, I mean, you know, as much as the youth sports landscape has shifted in the last 20 years towards the club level and towards this crazy competitiveness of trying to get kids scholarships and opportunities and the social media realm truly only you know, kind of exacerbates that is just trying to have good leadership. And when we look to bring in board members, we are looking for the right type of leadership that's going to kind of do that same thing is what's keeping about the kids, keep giving opportunities hold parents accountable and also, and, and also, you know, celebrate that, celebrate the fact that as a community, we feel like we're making those changes and making the shifts to be good, to be good coaches and be good parents to referees and to other teams for playing because there's so much negativity. You know what? We're doing a pretty good job in our community and trying our best. And, you know, it's not always perfect, but you're always striving to be better. Yeah, no doubt. So I mean, obviously we've, we've kind of covered the gambit here in terms of you as running a, you know, a youth basketball org, you're a coach, you were in the NFL, you've done all these things. Um, but let's shift it a little bit to you being now, you know, fully a youth sport dad in it, doing all those sort of stuff. You've got kids who are, um, you know, in the world of being recruited scholarships, dealing with social media, NIL, you've also got kids who are just beginning their, you know, their youth sport journey. Do you want to talk to us about kind of all of that, the gambit of, of your experience in, in dealing with those different realms and how you kind of manage it all? Yeah. I mean, when we started as a talk, talk about Madden started playing basketball in third grade is you sort of, you sort of, as you get into it, especially just what I found in Minnesota, it's such a competitive world in youth basketball space. There's so many good players and good people. They're doing it the right way. And, um, you know, as, as Madden has climbed the ranks and, and, um, when COVID hit, we moved her, our, all of our, all of our kids out of, out of uh, the public school into the, into a private school just because of COVID and being present yeah. at school. And we thought it maybe be a one or two year deal. And we've really enjoyed where we've moved the children to, but what happened with that is, is they were allowed to play varsity sports earlier than they probably would have. And that's really changed her experience. Um, so she started playing varsity basketball in seventh grade. Um, and she had Madden, our oldest was speaking of, and had a bunch of success early on. 
and had a great team, had great parents on that team, supported her. Um, even when you had the little seventh grader coming in here shooting 10, 15, 20 times a game, and, and, <laughs> you know, not always making the right decisions. They, they worked with her. They helped, they helped, helped her grow. And um, they actually made the state tournament her seventh grade year and got second. Um, and then, you know, went to the club season, had a great club season, came back next year. And as an eighth grader, they won the state tournament last year. Um, so she was starting to get a lot of attention and um, going into her, the fall of her eighth grade years when she received her first scholarship opportunity, um, and, uh, that was, it was really crazy. I mean, it was obviously, um, really fun and exciting, but also, you know, a lot, a lot comes with that. Like, how are you going to handle that as a parent? Are you going to post it on social media? Are you going to help mm-hmm. start to right. build, um, a brand while well, she's 14? Because that's smart. Is that like, how do you do that? And, um, so we, you know, when it comes to the phone and how we've kind of handled that with our daughter is, um, you know, she was probably the last one of her friends to get a phone. She still does not have access to, to public to social media on her phone at all. Um, zero. Uh, we just feel like there's a time and place for that. And we feel like this, the landscape of that right now is really challenging mm. for kids. And she's got enough pressures and enough things going on where she doesn't need to add that to the mix. As much as there's a want and a pull to do that, um, we're like, you know what? We'll we'll create those opportunities for you and we'll create accounts for you. And we, but we're gonna manage them and truly manage them in a sense where. We're going to contain them on our phone where you can't have access to them unless we're sort of mediating that to a good degree. And people will say, well, you're helicopter parenting, you're doing this, you're doing that. It's like, well, when we decided to make her account public, we knew that we we're putting her out in a different sphere. And now she yeah. started to have success with sports. So then she's getting a lot of attention. And a lot of, with that comes a lot of negative attention as well with people want to, people in turn want to tear you down every chance yeah. they get, every turn they yeah. can to see you fail. Um so we're really just being mindful. And a lot of that comes from the, the world that we lived in the NFL for 11 years. We see yeah. and live that, you know, yeah. for a long time. So we probably have a little different lens um, when it comes to those types of things. Um, and so they'll, obviously there'll be a time and place when we feel like it's appropriate for her to start to manage that on her own, because it is important lesson to learn. How do you manage that now? Because that's the world we live in. That's these kids are growing up in this world and um, we're just trying to help dip her toe in the water to learn it, to understand it, to then respect it. Yeah. Um, and then also to leverage it and, you know, let's think about it different. This is a great way to connect with people and to connect with friends and family and all these things. I mean, we're streaming every game on Facebook live and parents back mm-hmm. home can watch it or youth games. You know, my, our third grade daughter had a rec game and just being, you know, streamed on Facebook and my mom can watch it. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's awesome. changed so much. Yeah. But now how do you leverage that? I think in this mm-hmm. world, the NIL is such a scary world for people. Cause it's like, this is new. I don't like it. I don't know about it. Yeah. Um, but it's here. So do you just say, you know what? No, I'm not doing any of it. I'm not, I'm staying away from it. Or do you just try to figure it out and try to navigate it? And, and I thought it'd be fun to try to navigate that. And, and um, we're in that world a little bit. Um, we're working with a great company uh, with Madden um, ETS performance. I know the owners, I know the company, they're, they're, they're faith, they're faith-based or family-based. Um, I don't want her to be like a spokesperson. I don't want her to get up and say, Hey, come here and do this. I want her to represent their company because she trains it, what she does. And she, she's not lying to the consumer. And I think that's really important lesson for her to learn. Even if she never plays sports in college or does anything else is like you, you tried this. It worked. It didn't work. You learned something that you didn't learn something, but again, it's just, it's, it's out there now. And I think if she's going to go down this path, um, which she is, um, then you should learn about it and not be scared of it. Um, I was scared of it. I, I trying to understand it. I think everybody is. And, 
Um, so now she's in her freshman year of high school. Um, they're having a, a really fun season. They're having some success. They're learning a lot. Um, and, um, you know, she's having individual success as well, which is fun, but the team success is something that she loves. She cherishes. Um, and, uh, so hopefully the season ends in a great way. Um, she's working hard, trying hard, playing hard and, and, uh, we'll see how it all shapes up, but the college experience is, has just continued to accelerate. Um, she's, she's gotten several more offers now. Um, and you know, now she's, she has homework and study for a test and basketball mm-hmm. practice and maybe three calls with college coaches, um, oh. or two calls between practices, or, uh, it's just, it's part of her recruitment process now. And how do you manage that? What's enough? What's too much? And I'll say this is her high school basketball coach has been just so instrumental in helping manage that because mm-hmm. that's the conduit and that's the communication piece that coaches can use to speak to kids and to parents. Yeah. And he filters a lot of that out to say, Hey, you know, we have three games this week. She has a lot going on academically. Like let's maybe schedule a, a call for the weekend or for next week or mm-hmm. um, just helping to manage all that. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm fearful of that June date when the college can call her directly anytime that connecting piece, because then it's like sort of like opens up the gates. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, it's been fun. I mean, we've learned a ton. My wife and I are both college athletes, my wife ran track and cross country at Iowa, Mm-hmm. Um, but either one of us recruited on the level that, that, that Matt's being recruited at right now. Um, but love the community that she's a part of at the high school level, the club level, and they're helping her grow in a lot of ways. I know the Minnesota youth sports world is, is thankful for your participation in jumping in head first. I know that for sure. Speaking of that, can you speak to the Minnesota scores app, kind of the goals you have for it, its growth? I know when we talked to you last, it's sort of been a, a really cool story of growth in itself, but can you uh, kind of talk to us more about sort of, hopping into that and the importance yeah. around that. Yeah. You know, I was watching, I was sitting back uh, in South Dakota, watch my niece and nephew play a live basketball game. And there was, my sister was using this app and it was really cool. Just, it was super clean, easy to look at. And I downloaded it immediately started using it and kind of messing around with it. And this was right when COVID was actually going on. So all these live stream, you know, mm-hmm. companies were coming out and it was already there, obviously and existed, but it wasn't like everybody was doing it. And on the app, it had all the live stream links embedded into the scheduled game. So you could look at the date, say it's Thursday, uh, January 17th, and there's 45 high school basketball games. The live stream link was embedded in every one of them. Click Mm -hmm. it, click the link, go to the game, see an updated score, um, updated by fans live at the games. Sometimes every point is scored. Um, You can see the roster, all this kind of stuff. And you go in, you can see the standings and the rankings and the future schedule, common opponents. It was super cool. So, okay, this is awesome. And that was right when Madman started to play high school sports here in Minnesota. And, you know, I I, uh, thought I want to have this for Minnesota. And I just sent an email to the app developer. And it was a a dad and son in South Dakota that developed it. And I said, what's it going to take to bring this to Minnesota? And we had several meetings and conversations. We brought it to Minnesota. And now we're in four states looking to expand further, but it it's so every state we're in South Dakota, North Dakota, Nebraska, Minnesota, have your own app built specifically for your high school. So do you have districts or regions? Do you have sections or subsections? Every state's different. How's the class structure look? It's built specific to your state. So when you look at the app, oh, yep, four class basketball system, two class hockey system, mm-hmm. whatever it is, whatever sport you're in. And, um, and in Minnesota, it's been just been adopted so well. So if you're in Minnesota, it's, it's MN Score Feed is the app. You go search in the app store. It's free. 
download it. You can follow up to 10 of your favorited teams, which will be on your home screen every time you, you open it up. And those games will pop up first and populate, or you can search by, you can search any name, any team, whatever, really cool tool. And as it's, our users have just exploded Mm. and it's going to continue to go through the roof. We're really going to add some, we're going to chop off some big states next year with some big populations and big high schools that um, I think we're going to make a lot of people excited because um, we're trying to change the landscape and there's some great companies out there that have done a great job. And and we're just trying to go out there and fit in and and really, in Mm. my opinion, bring um, high school sports up to where it should be as far as the technology world and how people can get can follow it and how high school teams can be supported. And you know, we'll, we'll pop out a live stream link on some of these games. And you have 200 people watching it, wow. you know, a high school basketball game where there's, you know, maybe five, 600 people attending. So really crazy what you're able to see. And so, yeah, and we're always adding to it. We're always adding new tools, new functionalities. Like the volleyball world, we learned is a bunch of events, like weekend events, weekend tournaments, weekend jamborees. We have an events tab. So you go to that events tab and you're going to see all those events across the state where those volleyball events are going on or in basketball world, you have like winter Christmas tournaments or whatever. Yeah. It's, in, it's under the events tab. It's there. And the fun times when you get to playoff season, because now we'll build out that bracket structure for class two, a section one, section two. And then when it gets whittled down to state tournament or whatever, you have the state tournament brackets on there. And we just see people go there and check and watch yeah. the live <laughs> and spend hours. Yeah. On that. It's pretty fun. Especially yeah, where cool. like a sport like hockey in Minnesota and especially yeah. the the high school hockey tournament for everybody else who's not in Minnesota. It's a thing. It's a big thing. It's a big yeah. deal. It's insane. <laughs> it is massive. Yeah, it is massive. I think just to get 17, 18,000 at the X uh, in St. <laughs> Paul. And, yeah. Um, you know, the one thing we can't do from a live stream is we can't, we can't bust through paywalls, obviously. So what we'll yeah. do is like in that case, like we'll provide that link to get you to the paywall to watch that game. So yeah. sometimes you're out there searching, like, where's this link? How do I find it? Well, it'll be there, but we can't, you know, we're not going to pay that 15 bucks for you to watch that game, maybe even that case, but but we'll get you there. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Um, Chad, thank you for, for hopping on, uh, being a part of this and speaking to your experience. It's incredibly valuable. And I, I know that there's a lot of great nuggets of wisdom that can be pulled away from this for, you know, for everybody out there listening, whether they're a parent, whether they're an admin, whether they're a volunteer, you know, cause those lines blur quite a bit and you could be all three of those all at once, as I'm sure you're aware. So <laughs> yeah. uh, we're going to move into our final section here since we're, we're, we're short on time, the this or that hey. gauntlet. So we have 10 read at a rapid fire pace. We need rapid fire answers. No thinking gut reactions only. You ready? Got it. All, right, all right. I'll go first. Okay. Early bird or night owl. Early bird. Cups in the cupboard, right side up or upside down? Right side up. After work, are you relaxing on a couch or a recliner? I wish I could do either. Or on um, a bench at a basketball court. It would, yeah, it'd be a couch though. It would be a couch. <laughs> it's halftime. Orange slices or Capri Sun? Orange slices. At a movie, candy or popcorn? Popcorn. I'll say popcorn, but both. <laughs> Is it pronounced GIF or GIF? Yeah. Would you prefer, back in your playing days, a sack or an interception? Interception. All right, football's off the table. And I think we know the answer to this maybe, but would you rather go pro in basketball or baseball? Let me check the money these days. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> baseball then. Yeah, yeah, basketball. All right, which team would you have rather blown out, the Saints or the Packers? Both. I mean, kidding me? Um, <laughs> depends on the year. I would say Packers because that's every year. Yeah, consistently. All right, who'd you rather have on your team? Peak Eli Manning or peak Peyton Manning? Peyton. Who is your... Minnesota Viking goat. Ooh. Randy Moss. Yeah. 
yeah. I've been yeah, with Randy fair. for a month in, tw- in 2010. It was uh, <laughs> an interesting month to say the least, but <laughs> just as far as long, you know, just long-term, I mean, I, I grew up watching him and played with him, which was pretty fun. Oh. Uh, the you know, answer B would be Adrian because I played with him for 10 years. Right. And um, so sometimes because I play with him for so long, I, I sort of kind of forget about him sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> been, been there, done that. That's, That's awesome. great. That Thank you. We've got just a few minutes left and we always like to leave the the last word with the guest. Anything that you maybe didn't get a chance to say or impress upon uh, or, or just anything else on the youth sports world that you, you'd like to leave us with? Yeah, I think um, there's so much negative stereotype around youth sports that, you know, I try to be try to be the uh, the one that's, that's flipping the script. I think mm-hmm. it's going to take uh, it takes people stepping up and making decisions and changing things, changing culture. And if you see something going on be willing to put the work in to change it. You know, I, I'm always, uh, I'm always about the, don't show me the problem, right? Bring the solution. And yeah. if, if it is that you're going to complain about something, you sure as heck better be willing to put the time in to bring a solution forward. So that's why, you know, again, I'm on a board, I'm one of 15 on the board. And our whole goal is to just continue to move this thing forward in a positive way and be a, a positive light and try to snuff out as much negative as possible and be, do the right thing. It's not going to be perfect, but keep moving that direction. And, and they feel like you're making an impact and, I think if more people took that approach and there's a lot of them out there doing it. So it is a lot of good stuff. So let's just keep pushing forward, especially in Minnesota, which is the youth sports world that I, that I know and, and love. Let's just keep doing it. Appreciate it. Said we can leave it there for sure. Chad Greenway, amazing guest, wonderful person, pro at all the things. But yeah, appreciate, uh, appreciate you being on. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks guys. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Maria had a really hard time just not completely geeking out the entire call as a huge Minnesota Vikings fan. And as someone who watched him get drafted, I mean, I can't describe how amazing and cool that was to one, talk to him, hear about, you know, his family, about his daughter, just becoming this absolute, you know, pillar of basketball uh, here (laughs) in Minnesota, Uh, but just like the future that she has and a very cool post-career activity of just throwing yourself in new sports and doing a wonderful job at it. Yeah. I mean, obviously when we found out we'd have the chance to talk to him, I think we were both a little starstruck and then hopping Mm -hmm. on the call with him. He was just like, he was so nice and friendly. His daughter Madden's crushing it. I know all of his other daughters are extremely talented in their own right as well. Mm -hmm. Worth noting. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think Madden just passed 2000 points in her career and she's a freshman. So just Take a hot second. Think about think about that. <laughs> Just insane. Uh, I think it's time for the return of our intern's amazing tomato meter challenge, Ooh, where I will read three quotes from iconic sports movies, and you, Marie, will have to select the correct movie from a list of four options. And if you select the correct movie, you get a point. But then, for a chance at two points. You will need to guess the tomato meter score critics gave the movie. You ready? Oh, yes, I am ready. I am ready. About 95% ready. The other 5% is Here a little go. timid. <laughs> Here we go. Question one. There's no crying in baseball. Is it A, the Sandlot, B, a league of their own, C, major league, or D, 42? There's no crying in baseball. Hmm. Iconic. I want to say I'm not even going to think about this too much because I okay. don't really know. I'm going to go a league of their own. Nailed it. Right off the bat. Oh, That's right. Wee! Two points. 
Get her the points. Well done. That was a league of their own. There's no crying in baseball. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I remembered this scene. So tomato meter score. Yep. And this is within five. Within five. I'm going to go. Testing my math skills here. (laughs) League of their own. This is like, this is such a good movie, right? 88. Oh my gosh. Did I miss it by 1%? (laughs) You missed it by a couple. I was going to go 85 too, but I I said, no, I'm going to give it more. I want to give it to you, but. If that's the parameters. Rules, well rules done, though. Rules. Hold on. It, it really should be at 88% anyway. Quote yeah. number two. Sweep the leg. Is it A, Happy Gilmore, B, Jerry Maguire, C, Caddyshack, or D, The Karate Kid? Hmm. <laughs> okay. Karate Kid. Oh, nailed it. Two for two. Nailed right it. there. Got it's it. Like I'm pr- I, I don't know. Listen, I'm not great at golf, but I feel like sweep the leg is not something... <laughs> Set in golf, <laughs> but Happy Gilmore, everything's on the table there. It changed the movie dramatically. Um, all right, so tomato meter, let's hear it for the karate tomato kid. meter for Karate Kid 74. 89% really? for the Karate Kid, absolutely. Karate Kid was Wax above a league of their own. Uh-huh. I absolutely. just don't know if I I agree with that. Have you you've seen the Karate Kid? Yeah. Have you seen the Karate And I've seen A League of Their Own. (laughs) (laughs) Great movies. That's all right. right, Final one. Okay. I have a feeling that everyone's going to yell this in their car, but here we go. (laughs) Get your hands on, lace up your Nikes, grab your Wheaties and your Gatorade, and we'll pack up a Big Mac on the way to the ballpark. Is it A, Space Jam, B, Semi-Pro, C, Coach Carter, or D, Hoosiers? Space Jam? Got it, got it, got it, got it. Three <laughs> yes. for three. Three for three. Space Jam. I'm giving Space Jam a 94. 70, I, isn't it? <laughs> I, am I all over the place? It's actually, it's lower than that. Oh, no. Was it like 52? Lower than that. <gasps> Was it like the splat, not the, even the tomatoes? 44%. 44% oh. for Space Jam? Are you guys kidding Space me? We're not Jam. trying to. I bet you could win give a, it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Murray coming out of the out of the tunnel too. Are you kidding I me? I mean, come on. Who is and the way Wolf? his voice cracks at the very end? He's like, let's go, Bulls. <laughs> so good. How is this at forty four percent? We're not trying Listen, to win Simon. an Oscar here, people. This is for just yes. uh, enjoyability. I think what we need to do is maybe we'll because we have so much time on our hands. Maybe we need a spinoff <laughs> podcast where we rewatch <laughs> sports movies and just talk about them. Keep that in mind. I think we have a lot of time to do that. I so. think so too. <laughs> <laughs> While we think about that, this has been another episode of For the Love of Sport. As always, feel free to send us an email uh, at ftlospod at nbcuni, that's uni.com. We love hearing from you. Please feel free to send over any topics, uh, any questions, any things that are on the top of your mind as far as you sports are concerned. Or if you have a dessert that you want to pose to our guest, feel free to shoot it over. We love hearing from you. For the Love of Sport is brought to you by Sports Engine, the home of you sports. Hosts are the sensational Simon McKenzie and myself, nice. Marie Fitzgerald. Our marketing guru is Kelsey Irwin. Our captain of content marketing is Mr. Rob Badeau. And our most intelligent intern bringing you all the fun new games is Joe Brzonic. And not to leave out or to leave him last, but I think last is best, our exceptional sound engineer, Mr. Troy Stone. Stay tuned, dear listener. We will be back with a very 
special episode. It's going to be amazing. 